When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Hey guys, and welcome back to another conspiratorial episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Shane, as always, and today I have a returning guest. But before we get into all of that fun stuff, uh, if you guys wouldn't mind dropping a review, a rating, all that fun stuff, sharing with a friend, um, I definitely would appreciate it. Uh, you can go on to Spotify, drop some stars, and walk away, or you can go on to iTunes and you can type out a personal uh, review if you'd like, which I also would definitely appreciate. And uh, I want to get to a point where I can sit down in the beginning of a show once I get enough banked up. 
And uh, I can give all you guys a shout out who've given me uh, some awesome reviews because I definitely appreciate all you guys. And uh, easiest at most too. Um, yeah, just mention mention the show to a friend. If you know anybody that's into these types of topics, they're in an open-minded conversation, uh, you know, just uh, drop the name of the show and maybe they'll go and uh, look it up themselves. And uh, for you yourself, if you're not already following the show on social media and you want some updates on the show, definitely go and check that out. Um, I'm mainly active on Instagram. Uh, I also do have a Telegram group set up for the show. I'm still trying to build that one up where everybody kind of hangs out and communicates within there. But uh, at least right now, you'll get updates on anything cool uh, going on with the show. Um, if you can't get enough of me and you want to go check out some other stuff, if you're not already doing it, go and check out Bizarre Encounters. Uh, that one is specifically just uh, aliens, cryptids, paranormal, all that fun shit with uh, with my co-host Ghost from uh, My Third Eye. Um, and I do have two other, uh, I guess you could say, like kind of like sideshows. Um, I have Big Dumb Inquiries, which you know anybody that's familiar with the feed definitely knows what that show is. Um, and I also started up Bite Size Bizarties, which is just like little mini episodes of different topics, um, all kind of folklore, legend, whatever you want to call them based. Um, still trying to figure out exactly how to word that show, but uh, it's definitely cool. So go and check that out. Um, as of right now, there's a few of the episodes that have been dropped onto the normal feed for Inquiries of Our Reality. Um, the intention is that Bite Size Bizarties will be a Patreon exclusive show, um, but we'll see how that turns out. Um, it depends on everybody's feedback, what everybody thinks. Um, yeah, and I'll figure that one out. But uh, that being said, too, um, you can go and check out the Patreon. Uh, it's all Open Minds Media Patreon, which means that you get all four shows because I don't want to just make a specific Patreon for each show. So, you know, like I said, you get more bang for your buck. So definitely go and check that out. Um, I've added some different tiers to there, too, um, all with different access. Uh, some of them have exclusive giveaways. Um, I'm still trying to exactly figure out how... I'm going to uh, do the design and things, but I'm going to be doing some type of uh, crew member shirts um, for Patreon exclusive members, some exclusive designs that only Patreon members will get. So that's building up. Um, you know, just keep a watchful eye out. Uh, there'll be a lot of cool stuff as far as uh, the Patreon goes coming. And uh, if you want to help the show, uh, you know, help keep the lights on around here and uh, hopefully eventually make it so that I can uh, do this full time because I definitely want to be able to spend more time producing some awesome content for you guys. Uh, maybe even more varieties of shows, which I'm always down for because I like being able to uh, be diverse and do a bunch of different types of shows. Um, you can always donate on Ko-Fi. You can donate on Anchor, which is the which is the RSS host. Um, I also recently set up Venmo, Cash App, PayPal. Um, if you want to donate a couple bucks, buy me some kombucha while I'm doing the show, which everybody knows that I'm always drinking kombucha on the show. Um, always appreciate it. And uh, if you want to get something for yourself, I do have the merch store set up. Um, the merch store, like most things, is just under Open Minds Media now. So there you'll find shirts for all four shows, including some Open Mind Media logos, um, which I don't know if you guys haven't already checked it out. I think it's pretty cool. Um, I don't know if it's something that people get super excited for, just that plain logo itself. But I'm going to try to do a little bit more with uh, doing kind of like a collab mesh into different things, building it more onto it. Just a... Uh, yeah, keep keep a watchful eye out over at the uh, the merch store because there's always, there's going to be a bunch of new stuff popping up there. I'm still working on it and uh, adding more stuff to it for all you guys. Whatever you guys want to see, just let me know and uh, maybe I can coordinate and add some more stuff. But you know, I'll never be able to fully build that up unless you guys let me know exactly what you guys want. And uh, yeah, I can definitely make that work and I can do that for you guys. And uh, if you guys want to check out some other merch, uh, Crypto Theology. It's all cryptid-based stuff. Super duper cool. Um, there's a bunch of different uh, band references. Um, it kind of has that vintage 
feel to it. Um, there's uh, series that are specific to different states, different cryptids from different states. Uh, there's like a there's a Christmas collection. Uh, there's a Halloween collection. There's a bunch of crazy stuff. If you haven't already checked out Crypto Theology, do yourself a favor. Go and check out Crypto Theology. Joe works really, really hard over there. Um, he isn't a sponsor, but we've uh, teamed up. So we, we help each other out, you know? So I appreciate the work that he does. He appreciates the work that I do. So we promote each other because that's the only way that any of us are going to build in this community is if uh, we all work together, you know? It's not about the money. It's about helping everybody progress all together because that's, that's what matters at the end is helping others around you. And uh, if you're interested in checking out any of that stuff, uh, you can go and check out the link tree. Uh, the one for this show is L-A-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Inquiries of Our Reality Podcast. And if you're just trying to check out the whole spectrum of everything that I do, um, you can check out the Open Minds Media link tree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash open underscore minds underscore media. Um, and with that, welcome to the show, everybody. Loomis from Chan It Down. How's it going today, man? Good. Thanks for having me on again. It's been uh, way too damn long, man. It's been at least, what, like six months or so before since we've had a show? <laughs> Jeez, um... I'm thinking like, was it May? So that would have been over six months ago. Yeah. And last time I had a uh, bad audio. So now I've upgraded my equipment. So hopefully we'll uh, have a good sounding audio show this time. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. So this time it's good on both sides. So uh, for anybody that wasn't around listening back then, and uh, they're you know relatively new to the show, uh, why don't you let them know who you are and what you do exactly? Uh, well, I'm the host of Chan It Down, a podcast ongoing for nine and a half years and uh chant it down podcast in other words we chant down the evil system so and, and everything to do with it so we can be free and see past the usurping of our consciousness i mean we cover everything that's holding us back from true freedom real conspiracies personal empowerment health ufology alternative ancient history the occult secret societies universal laws uh, I cover hunter-gatherer perspectives, human autonomy, anarchy, and uh, uh, that's kind of what I do with the show. Um, been doing it for a really long time now. It's it's crazy how time flies, but it is um, a platform for me to give the truth to people that I had been given for so many years and I didn't have a place to put it. So back in 2013, I uh, started this show and it's just been an ongoing part of my life that I keep alive. It's so weird too that like once you get going and you start podcasting, it, it like becomes so much a part of you that uh it's almost like hard to stop. And seeing you running ten years later, true OG status on that one, like it just kind of proves and reiterates that point that if you have a calling for it, like it's gonna be something that you're gonna end up doing for the long haul, you know? Yeah. I mean, there are times where I said to myself, What am I doing this for? And who's listening? Am I just getting a bunch of bots or you know, there were times where I was like, okay, I'm going to get to episode 100 and I'll call it good. But it just, I enjoy it. It's an outlet and it's allowed me to become part of a larger community. Many people like yourself and many people out there in the world that I would have never known otherwise that think alike. And also it's helped a lot of people. I've had a lot of my listeners write me and tell me that they enjoyed all the things that I did that I was thinking, ah, no one's going to hear it. And sure enough, they hear it and they like it. So there is, there is a positive feedback. And I think that's what's kept me going all these years. It's also the 
uh, added bonus too that it's like with the community aspect, uh, you almost get yourself a foot in the door into a million different things. Like, say you want to write a book, like you know writers that can tell you like this is how you start doing a book. Uh, you want to get into this thing, like there's you got somebody for a little bit of everything. So it's kind of awesome that you're able to also learn some additional skills. Um, not just having the conversation, but it just opens up the door to a lot of new experiences and a lot of new things. And you get to have conversations that you normally wouldn't get to have in the real world because you can't just uh, come up to people and start talking about this stuff. You have to like judge where they're at first and then kind of trickle it in a little bit. But when you're doing a podcast, you can just hop right into the nitty gritty right off the bat, you know? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that is right. And it, and it really, um, it, it has, it's, it's inspiring and it's empowering and uh, anything I can do to help people wake out of their slumber in the world and see a different, bigger world than the world that they've currently are in. That's, that's what I hope to do. And um, I'm happy to do it because I know that there's more to this world than just going to work every day and doing the same old ritual that people do come home watch tv make dinner go to sleep go back to work again and that's just not that's not life to me and that's never been life to me so um it allows you know allows uh people with this type of information to expand their mind past this even if they still have to do that actual program at least they know that it is one i mean when it comes to that program too it's like you know that it's not right. Like everybody feels it within themselves. And that's why there's yes. such an upspike in mental illness, depression, all this kind of shit is because we're not living how we're supposed to live. So we could be in some form of like a great spiritual awakening or it could just be an awakening in general that everybody isn't happy and they're starting to actually act on that. And in turn, they have this grasp for additional knowledge for um, just all, all these different things. They want to be open to just, I guess, even just so they're just being mystery in the world because half the time you feel like everything's already discovered. And just as a person, you have this natural draw to want to learn and discover new things. So if you have this like little hankering of something that people commonly don't believe exists, but there is a possibility of it, like people are starting to gravitate towards that just because again, like you need mystery in the world, man. That's like how people have gotten to the point that they're at is uh, exploring and expanding. And once we reach like a feel that we've reached an end for that, like there's going to be a problem with people that people aren't going to be happy anymore. Like they need that grasp to be able to keep doing stuff and keep expanding and keep becoming better and better. And part of that I feel is uh, starting to introduce um, all of these different concepts, hopefully into the mainstream a little bit. Um, I mean, you kind of see it a little bit with uh, conspiracy stuff hidden and trickled within stuff. Um, it could go both ways. There could be that they're doing it on purpose to make it look ridiculous, to push people away from it. Or the side that I like to kind of believe on is that uh, a lot of people that are writing a lot of uh, things now um, are aware of these things and they're trying to expose it in their their way, shape and form through their form of media. So I like to give the benefit on the doubt of that one, but <laughs> I don't know where you sit with it. Well, I look at the world that we live in and all these people that are speaking out against things and conspiracies and all this as we don't know all the answers. We have we don't have the whole puzzle, but we have pieces of the puzzle. And because we have pieces of the puzzle, we can try to get together and try to pick, put together a picture that seems to look legit. And um, looking at reading enough books um, and listening to enough people that have put this together, 
it, they all kind of come up with the same thing that we do have a controlling force that's nefarious behind the scenes that is trying to shape our society and trying to run the direction of it. So in that, we do have a general idea. And in fact, the meme has been going around that the conspiracy theorists are like, you know, um, 15 and oh, I mean, we're just like, you know, we're always right um, about this stuff, you know, and I don't even really like to be labeled that. But, um, you know, those of us that seek things beyond the norm are going to be labeled something because people are scared to go beyond the norm. So um, I like to open up the door, though, with some empowerment rather than just show you the negative only because there is a lot of that out there and i've never been that kind of person so for me that's always where i fit in is yes i'm going to tell you about some bad things but i'm going to tell you about some good things i'm going to tell you about the good bad and the ugly of the whole world but that's really the whole world and part of being enlightened if you were going to try to go on that path is to also go and see the darkness too yeah definitely because uh in order to be able to understand the dark, you almost have to like become one with the dark in a sense too, and uh, not get fully entrapped by the dark, because otherwise then you get red pilled, then or not red pilled, but black pilled, and then you're not going to get anything done because you're not going to see um, that there is a positive light at the end of the tunnel. So it's always nice to see people that uh, I guess would be in the conspiracy community if you don't like to necessarily be labeled a conspiracy theorist that uh, cover everything and not just the dark. Because if you're just coming onto a show and you're only talking about everything that's dark then you're going to get people in that mindset that they're going to think that there's no end, there's no help. Um, but if you expose the information for what it is and you say ways to counteract it or, I don't know, just try to bring it up a little bit on a positive note while still getting that information out, it's definitely a benefit. And uh, I feel like that helps people out more than honestly just running around trying to scare people and tell them just the straight, straight, dark, bad shit. Because <laughs> there's more than enough of that in the world, you know? <laughs> for sure, there is. There is more than enough of that. I think I think in order to I think one of the tactics that people feel that has to be done is we got to show people what's going on and that it's dark and that they'll wake up from the shock of it being so dark. But maybe that that method has been tried and it doesn't necessarily work for everyone. It certainly doesn't. Um, it works for certain people and it's but really what's red pilled the society that we live in is actually just the things that are happening, like the actual events. Then people go to this information and they realize they were right the whole time. You know, COVID being one of those things that red pill more people than David, I could probably, possibly do or any of these other people out there that are big names out there speaking the truth. So, um, you know, the, it's the actual events of society that people are like, oh, wait a minute. Let's see. Wait, wait. This doesn't all add up right. This isn't correct. Okay, now, so where do I go? And they start digging for answers and they will find that they've been lied to. And then what happens is they turn over another stone and they turn over another stone and eventually they realize they've been lied to. But as far as going back to the original point is that, yes, we... um. I don't think the the tactic of showing everybody some scary, dark, uto uh, dystopian future is really the answer. The answer is that if enough people understood that this is happening, though, hopefully they would put a stop to it because most people are good people. They're just misled people. That's the problem. And I mean, COVID in general, it's uh, it's kind of weird. It's talk about like a light at the end of the tunnel kind of a concept that 
you can look at COVID like it was all dark, it was all bad, which I mean, it definitely wasn't a positive thing by any means. But the one positive good aspect you can look at out of it, I guess two maybe, is that I feel like people in general now appreciate communication with other people more. And two, if it wasn't for COVID happening, then again, like you were kind of saying, people wouldn't have uh, woken up in the way, shape and form that they did um, because it was one of those things that it's just like if the internet wasn't around and COVID happened, I feel like it would have taken a totally different turn. But just because of the fact that the internet was around and people had that need for communication, um, that was the only reason why there was such like a huge upspike in uh, people that were just aware now. So it's like, if it didn't happen, then we wouldn't be where we are currently. Like It's almost one of those things that if you believe that everything kind of happens for a reason, I think that that was the reasoning behind it is that you had to have the bad in order for the light to come out of the bad. Sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, the The thing I think about too is that well, when I started, when I first started getting into this information, it was 1999. Yes, there was the internet, but the internet wasn't much of any help. And so, um, when 9/11 happened, and when I when that big event happened, yes, the internet started to explode with this stuff. But before that, you just got the truth from authors here, and basically, that was about it. You might have been able to find once in a while somebody good on the art bell show or find um you know what's what's his name um william cooper which i didn't even you know listen to till after he was dead but the thing is is like um with the internet now it, it it's a double edged sword because it allowed people to find this information easier but it also the social uh networking and social uh you know youtube all this stuff, I mean, not YouTube, but Facebook and um, all these different uh, social networks kind of allowed the crowd mind to uh, expand and it was easier to pull off COVID. Had they done it without the internet, it may have been a little bit harder too. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, good for both both us who woke up, but good, but also good for them because they were able to control more minds with the, with the internet. Yeah, because I mean, honestly, if there's ever a propaganda machine, it's the internet, uh, more so than anything. Like, imagine mm. what you can do with the internet versus uh, like a newscast. Like a newscast, you got to put the time into uh, making it sure it sounds legit, adding facts, even if you're slightly tweaking them to fit the idea that you need. But uh, the internet, you can literally just blindly put out a headline, and a good, I'd say, at least minimum 50% of people will just read that headline and repost it and completely base their opinion off of a headline, even if it's. Uh, worded completely different than the article itself like uh one i was seeing recently was the ceo of disney um supposedly stepping back a bit on the whole like woke agenda being pushed towards mm -hmm. disney but it's like you listen to the interview and he he dances around it you know like a typical like high up ceo would but uh just all the headlines everybody's seeing like disney ba backing up from the woke i or from the woke agenda and uh yeah it's it's crazy how easily you can manipulate people's thoughts and ideas off of the internet more so than any other form of media, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, because, you know, what people do is they read the headline of articles and they they might pass it around their social group of people in, in their in their, um, you know, Facebook and whatnot. But they what they do is they, they don't read the whole article. So they they read some shocking headline 
and that's it. And then they're basing it on all that. Then they don't go in the details. And it's it's so easy to do that in this fast world world of of fast moving information because people's attention spans are very small now. In fact, people's attention spans they say are as about as good as a goldfish, and they've been saying that for years. So it's just that we have too much coming at us and most people just take things at face value. They don't understand the institutions of our society have been hijacked. Every part of organized society has been hijacked. So the things that they've always trusted, they don't realize that they have been infiltrated by agents of this new world order and this dark occult that want to change the world. So that that's a, that's a hard pill for a lot to swallow, your average normie. And so it's easy for people to still trust these institutions like they always did because they were told by their school, by their TV, by their parents that these were things that were good and that you should put your blind trust in because the officials know everything. The experts, in quotes, know everything. And, you know, that's that's uh, the reality of our world is we have blind trust that is guided along everybody to believe what they this reality that we walk in every day which it's kind of crazy to think that the entire civilized world is under mind control and when when you take a walk out into the world you're meeting people under mind control it, you know i like to take a big look at everything i'm i'm one of those people and i always have been i always i always go to nature for the truth and and what would be life if humanity was left to their own devices. And I like to look at civilization as a whole, everything down to the way we are structured to live is actually mind control. I mean, the fact that we go to work every day, that's mind control. The fact that our kids go to school, the fact that we go to gr the grocery store for our food. And these are the more, the more seemingly innocent things we take for granted in society. And if that weren't bad enough, then we have dark occultists who have hijacked these institutions and perverted their normal functions. So we got a pretty, we got a, a, a pretty deeply controlled world out there. I mean, yes, it's the, it's not really normal to go to the grocery store. We should be actually growing our own food and gathering our own food because we're trusting that that's always going to be there. Those kind of things like that. Everybody is under some type of mind control, even me, even you. And we've all had to kind of work our way through it. I mean, uh, <clears throat> just the whole concept of going to work every day, doing the rat race, it, it's all enslavement at its at its core because you yep. look into the way institutions work as far as like, oh, here's another credit card, here's another credit card, here's another credit card. And you're looking at it as like, oh, these, that's awesome. Like I'm able to get this money that I can spend. But realistically, it's money that you don't have that you're spending to dig yourself into a farther hole. And when you dig yourself farther into that hole then you're just making it so that you do have to work every single day of your life because you're trying to dig yourself back out. So it's like they're tricking you into slave labor without you even realizing that you're stuck in slave labor because you think that you're just trying to do this whole material gain, build up every day, collect money, do all this kind of shit, not realizing that like even so, just having all these bills, like you're trapping yourself into the system because you have no choice now. You have to be part of the system. Otherwise, you you can't go about your everyday life or at least what we perceive, like you were saying is normal everyday life, even though it's not really what humans were intended to be doing. Like we're intending, we're intended to be able to fight for ourselves, to figure things out for ourselves. And the way the world is now, 
you take the average person and put them in the middle of somewhere and they're not going to be able to figure anything out. They're not going to know how to create some type of shelter for themselves. They're not going to be able to try to find a food source for themselves. Um, They're just pretty much going to be blind and lost in the woods because people have lost an interest in learning natural skills because they don't see themselves as ever being in that situation. But then when you get thrown into that situation, like, what are you going to do? Like, I'd rather be prepared and at least know the basics on how to at least stay alive versus, uh, you know, if anything ever happens one day, I'm just asked out and I have to follow the line of everybody else on, you know, please help me, please help me. I can't fend for myself. I'll do whatever you want government. As long as, uh, you know, you give me food and you give me the things I need. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And the, the, the thing that you said about slavery, modern day slavery is ball and chain slavery was an obvious slavery and they ended that a long time ago. And, you know, um, the African slaves in America, the many other people that were enslaved, that was obvious slavery. They ended that a long time ago and they came in with what I call barcode slavery, which is, is the prison without the bars. If you give people the choice that they think they're free, then they're going to go and believe that. And so, yeah, you're free within a certain paradigm. You're free to work. You're free to go to work. But everything is 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 controlled in our life if we go outside those those uh, invisible bars. And I mean, of course, even government means mind control in Latin, gubernare mente. So um, my my realization lately was my job in this world is to take people out of their mind control. Uh, My job on this planet is to show people that there is a greater, more interesting world outside the system. And my job is to show you and everyone how amazing and profound the world really is. And whether it's through exposing the dark agendas so we can understand our position in the world and rise out of that illusion or show people there is a loving spirit in the universe that leads and guides us if you let it. And I approach everyone with a clean slate and I, I see where that job needs to be done. You know, um, I was talking to somebody not long ago uh, that was at an office, a desk job. I was like, hey, do you want to see a UFO? And I mean, it didn't. It wasn't just like out of nowhere. I wasn't just like, "Hey, you want to see a UFO?" It was part of the conversation. It wasn't out of context. But I, I, I have a pic. I have a video that I got about a year ago of a UFO right above my house. So I showed this lady the UFO, and she was just blown away by it. You know, and it's like I'm showing her something that's outside her paradigm, and hopefully in my hopes, is opening her up to a little more in this world than just going to work every day. And I think that's that's what I like to do in this world. And it clicked to me a while back that that's my job is to just take people out of the illusion in whatever form they can, good, bad, and ugly. So it's almost like you're adding optimism to their perspective of reality, just that they're, like I was saying, like that grasp for just additional knowledge and understanding something that people don't already understand. Like everybody wants that and everybody craves that. And uh, getting into the whole UFO thing, I remember uh, last time you were on the show, you said that there was like an upspike of you seeing UFOs near where you're at in Hawaii. Um, Mm -hmm. Now that we're like six months later, um, has it been more? Has it tapered down? Like what's what's like the current verdict as far as uh, like UFOs go around Hawaii? Yeah, I've seen a few more. Um, Nothing like nothing like mind blowing that I could get on video. No, I can't remember how many I'd seen this has been the year for me in UFOs like seriously but um 
I'm thinking I'd seen a few by the time I got on your show this year, but it was, it was actually just a couple of weeks ago. I laid on my back in the daytime and looked up at the sky and I saw this glowing orb. It was really high up. I couldn't even get it on video, but I'm like, wow, what are they doing? And I really don't know what they are. I'm not saying they're aliens. I, I wouldn't know, but we do have a lot of military in Hawaii. Hawaii is the largest collection of American military assets in the world. So putting that in the perspective, it could be something they're doing. But then again, some of this stuff I've seen seems a little unworldly, but then I don't really know. But there seems to be an uptick if you watch the skies. And I'm a sky watcher. Um, I actually bought some zero gravity chairs. They're, I don't know, they're called gravity chairs where they lay all the way back. So at night, I look up on clear nights and I just watch all these things go by. And yeah, many things have been UFOs, but what are they? I don't know. But what people perceive as satellites, I don't think are satellites because um, of the behavior of these th objects in the sky. I mean, anything you see moving around up there is going to reflect the sunlight. So yes, it could be a satellite, but some of them... Like satellites normally travel east to west, and I have things I've seen things going north, south. I've seen two things following each other. I've seen things shine at me m multiple times this year, like gleam at me, like a bright light. At it, it was like whoa that, and they actually telepathically communicated with me one night, which was really crazy. So what it is, I don't know, but I'm I think that if more people pay attention to the skies where they live you might see a lot more than you think you would. I was going to say, it can kind of go on to uh, both sides of the spectrum as far as uh, it being human technology or it being alien technology. Because, uh, you know, obviously, if there's some type of extraterrestrials, more than likely they have some form of communicating uh, through telepathy. But um, even just going into like a more real world example, um, there was a patent for the hand of God, or not hand of God, for the voice of God, and essentially, oh, right. the idea of it was that they could like project their thoughts of what they were saying into somebody else's head. So, if that was created over, you know, going on close to like 100 years ago, imagine where that technology could be at now. And uh, they could even just have be testing out zero gravity flying devices and using that to kind of defer people away from them being the ones because I'm sure that they'd much rather keep saying, like, oh, it's a UFO, we don't know what it is, than to ever admit, like, oh, yeah, we have this technology that we're testing out. So just off of the basis that people already are assuming that it's something extraterrestrial, it would be smart for them to just to kind of play into it, even if it is doing them doing it, just so that they don't have to answer as many questions because they can strictly just throw it under the category of it's a UFO and no more questions are asked um, as far as like what people expect them to know, you know, because they kind of just play that like, oh, we know as much as you do. We just saw it in the sky and, you know, that's all it was. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, there's a that I'm I've done a lot of research into the secret space program and it sounds hokey at first to some people, but when you really put your effort into looking and you realize that NASA's just kind of a front organization, I mean, they have real scientists and everything. It's not like that, but the they're not really doing the real they're not really dealing with the real technology. Yeah, they're buying their, people like, their stuff from uh, Elon Musk and from uh, Jeff Bezos now. They're not even creating their own ships anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. And 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 the thing is, like the these Nazi scientists that came with Operation Paperclip after World War II, they they uh, there's a lot of people that theorize, and I'm I'm one of them that agrees that 
they did a breakaway civilization away from ours and they created a very advanced level technology and we're still dealing with like propulsion crafts and stuff where they have you know high tech stuff that we have no idea about but um there is a lot going on i mean i've seen multiple videos of ships going over the moon making a shadow on the moon so i mean what's that all about you know um and there are whistleblowers that are actually actually um definitely real people that have talked about it one being gary mckinnon who was um just a hacker during the early 2000s he was from scotland i believe and he hacked into the pentagon website you know back when the internet wasn't real powerful and uh he found off uh off planet employees that are non-terrestrial employees and he saw pictures of uh, like a cigar ship well the reason that one reason i believe he's telling the truth too is because he got heavily busted like they were going to throw him in prison here for hacking the site uh he got pardoned by the british government but there's there's little things like that that show me there's so much more going on and he he wasn't supposed to see that he's just an ordinary guy he's not trying to get any fame out of it or anything he looked like he was humiliated by getting in trouble you know he won't do it again but that kind of thing there's a lot of stuff if we look there's a lot going on that we don't know and that's why our money our our governments are all broke because they're giving it away to these things such as secrets as secret space program and other things they use to control us as well talk about uh not playing your cards right i feel like at least from like a u.s government perspective if they would have just left it alone and pretended like they knew nothing of it, people would have just looked at him at as a conspiracy theorist. But just because of the fact that they were trying so hard to get him, it just solidified all the information that he did find. Like they unintentionally made his discovery more tangible by trying to come after the guy. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, right. but didn't he end up finding something on there too that was saying like non-human employees or something like that too? So he almost like confirmed that we were working with a. Uh, extraterrestrials all within finding that information well non-terrestrial employees and i guess that could mean aliens i thought there was something that said like non-human specifically maybe i'm wrong but 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 it could be just people up there that i don't know but there's been there was like a a space program that shut down i'm, I'm real vague on this because i can't remember it all of it but it, i think it was vandenberg space i could be wrong on this but there was a space agency that shut down and there was a whole list of names of people that had worked for this different agency that no one had heard of. Um, I should, I should know more about that, but I kind of forgot, but there, if anyone is interested, you can go to my, my show and listen to a show I had on the secret space program, probably about two years ago. And I, I, I just forget some of the things that I've gone through and researched, you know, but yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to, to, to consider with that. And there's so much more to consider with that than, than um, it sounds on the surface. You know, a lot of people in the conspiracy world, you could say, don't like to go that direction. And there's a lot of people that are in that ufology and and exopolitics don't don't really go much as much into the conspiracy world yet i think it's all connected and it's all one and it's kind of funny how people don't really want to broaden their world and they 
the, these people that are supposed to be open-minded sometimes can actually be closed-minded too. It's funny how that works. Yeah, because it's one of those things that it's like you believe in something so hard that you're going to try to find pieces that make what you think work and you're going to ignore the stuff that doesn't fit into your narrative. Um, But even even so, building on to kind of what you're saying too, um, like all the secret space programs, one thing that I've kind of wondered is Space Force. Uh, I almost feel like it's more of like a like a ploy than anything like uh, like the Area 51 concept. Like, I believe that there was things at Area 51, but as soon as people started speaking the words Area 51, it wasn't there anymore. And it became that, hey, look over here because they actually have something going on over here. So like, I feel like Space Force is the, hey, look over here. We're doing space stuff so that the secret space programs can function back here. And everybody's focus for as far as like exploring in space is all right here between NASA and Space Force. Yeah. Yeah. And then like a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, there was that thing going around that they're going to, they're going to um, invade area 51. Like a bunch of people got together. It's like by then, even if they did, nobody actually did. Cause most people aren't that. Wasn't there actually a group out front? I, th- I think it like, there was actually some people that it wasn't like anything super crazy, but I think people actually no. did meet up in the desert. <laughs> they did, but people just aren't that aggressive. You know, I think one person went over the fence and that's not going to do it, you know? Uh, but the thing is, is they announced it on Facebook. Don't you? Th- it's like it's like Facebook was created by the CIA arm of financial arm known as Incutel. So of course they're watching Facebook, and they would be well prepared for an invasion, uh, or what whatever they called it to run into Area Fifty One. So I mean, it's like they would have long cleaned up and said and hit all their stuff, even if they did, of course they didn't even come close. So, but I would say that's so well known about that. You're, you're right. Probably back when it was found out about, they're like, okay, let's move our operations somewhere else. Cause people are watching us not to say they're not doing secretive things there. They probably are, but it's just like, that's so well known that, um, as far as I know, and if you listen to whistleblowers like Phil Schneider, whether you believe him or not, there's a whole underground network of tunnels that go through all of the deserts of the Southwest. They could easily move operations to another area. And um, he was supposedly a, a underground engineer that actually helped tunnel these tunnels. So if you believe his story, which he was killed, so he was saying something that they didn't like. So let's just say that who knows if he's, he seems legit, but um, just again, like that's just an example of how, um, back in those days there wasn't so much internet so if you did speak the truth like him um bill cooper they were killed off now we have too many people speaking the truth so they can't just kill everybody off like that i mean that just kind of brings in the whole bob lazar idea too because he was talking about how he worked near area 51 but he was working in those uh almost like the bunker looking things that were built into the mountains so, yeah. I mean, even so, Area 51 may just be the entrance, but everything that's actually at Area 51 may be a mile or two away within the hills underground. Um, and we've had mi- like a ridiculous amount of whistleblowers talking about that. So it's like it makes you wonder if it's all true or if uh, it's one of those things that one person said something and everybody kind of just like built off of the story. But uh, I mean, Bob Lazar kind of on the different end of the spectrum, too. Uh, they didn't try to kill him off they did that weird thing where they like made his social security number disappear all of his information disappear and they essentially tried to make him 
like invisible to the system so that uh I, I don't know what their intention was with that because i mean maybe he wouldn't be able to buy sell trade like whatever but uh like the guy would still be existing and kind of like what we we're talking about with the other guy who hacked the uh information from the pentagon um their method that they went about trying to silence the person made it more obvious on their part that they were doing something and trying to silence something like I almost feel like it would have been less obvious if it would have been the usual like oh random death for Bob Lazar you know yeah but see they do that today too if you look at like fact checkers and stuff so you know if what we were saying was completely nutty and crazy and we just pulled it out of the ether and made it up then it wouldn't matter they wouldn't need to fact check it. But obviously there's something that we're saying that they don't like, so they have to have fact checkers. So it's, again, they're they're, they're making themselves obvious whenever you even post something that's kind of controversial on YouTube, Instagram, they always have to put something, some kind of disclaimer at the bottom. It's like, why do they care? You know, and like, I don't know, like you cover a lot of cryptid stuff. I don't know if you get that kind of thing from it too. Uh, when you post that stuff i don't know but they certainly obviously don't like when people are hitting these things straight on because they're sending all their fact checkers we never had fact checkers before until the voices started to get louder and so they're actually making themselves known by by sending these fact checkers and these little disclaimers on the bottom of all the videos I mean, usually I'll post quotes of things and those always get fact checked, which doesn't make any sense because they're quotes and like people's opinions. But uh, as far as like cryptids and stuff go, um, obviously the UFO stuff, they're all over that. That kind of stuff gets taken down constantly. But uh, as far as like cryptids go, when you talk about the uh, weird things that happen near military bases with cryptids, that stuff gets pulled down. But just the standard like, oh, cryptid in the woods kind of shit, they leave that kind of stuff up. Um, that may be intentional because maybe they're trying to... Uh, deter themselves away from being associated with cryptids because they're clearly using cryptids in some way, shape, or form, or they're trying to create their own cryptids because uh, you hear stories about, I heard one recently that uh, there was an encounter with two dogmen near a military base, but the weird part about the dogmen is that they didn't have the typical, uh, like, as bulky a look. They're more, like, compact, like, elite kind of look, you know, and they had, like, bulletproof vests on, supposedly. Um, yeah, just, like, weird things like that that I don't know. They, they, they either they're trying to create them, or they found a way to like harness harness them to do their own bidding. But uh, I kind of feel like when it comes to cryptids specifically, that there are real world natural cryptids that are that are just here. Um, I see them most more often than not as more of like a physical thing than like an interdimensional thing or anything like that. But uh, just off of that inspiration, even if it was just uh, you know somebody throwing the idea out there about um, a dog man. Like, of course, if the military or society gets to a point where they have the ability to attempt to do those things, more often than not, they're going to attempt to do those things. You know, and even if it wasn't something that existed previous, uh, it's going to exist now. And uh, I mean, who's who knows? Maybe there was a point where um, kind of going back into the idea of like technology being more advanced than we understood in the past. Maybe cryptids could have theoretically came from experiments to begin with. Um, and we're just kind of like rehatching it and rediscovering it now. But um, yeah, it's it's two ends of the spectrum on that one that I kind of think that there's like a coexistence between the two of man created cryptids and actual like natural cryptids.
Yeah. Well, I mean, if you go into the ancient ancient uh, history of a lot of the, uh, especially the Sumerian tablets and the, well, what looks like it in the Egyptian world too, ancient Egypt, is they had all kinds of hybrids. I mean, they say it in their writings. They had all kinds of hybrids. And uh, if you go into the Bible, which the original five books of the Bible is just the Sumerian tablets shortened and abbreviated because all the stories are very similar, but it says then in the Bible that God created the flood because the world was very, you know, like hybrid and there was all kinds of DNA splicing and whatnot. And basically the reason why he kept Noah was because he was good within his generations. What that means is basically good within his genes, his genetics. And so, you you got to think that if they were doing it back then and the flood didn't actually wipe out all these beings in fact the gods with a little g they we could say were still around after the flood too that you know probably a lot of this stuff went underground and um i'm thinking that you know if it if it did uh, then there may still be down there in these underground bases and i mean there are people that are pretty um, hard to believe that say they have, they have been in these underground bases and seen these, you know, hybrids of all kinds of animal, um, what do you call them, chimeras and, and stuff like that. So is it true? I don't know. But it there's a good possibility that, you know, we don't know really anything like going back to originally what I was talking about is all people do is go to work and school and go home. So what do we really know about this world other than what is shown to people on TV? And that's a completely controlled thing. So there, the world has so many more possibilities. And again, that's that's what I like to bring to the table too, is just that there's a whole lot more in this world than just what we focus on every day. I mean, it's an intentional ploy, too, because it's one of those things that they want to keep people distracted with sports, with the ridiculous amounts of endless TV yeah. shows. So they're not looking into like the mysteries of the world. But uh, no. kind of going back onto like the ancient side of things. Um, I mean, you look into like the, the Epic of Gilgamesh, for example. Um, it references the, the, the flood in that. And uh, I forgot the exact character's name, but there was the king and then there was his the guy that, w- that was like his brother. Um, in that and he was like a hairy wild man so essentially if you like read between the lines there could already be a theoretical reference to like a sasquatch type creature within that and uh Mm -hmm. kind of bringing it back even farther than that um if you get into the whole like anunnaki concept and the uh whole idea of the, the sumerian uh origin story about how the anunnaki theoretically would come and then they would mix their dna with different things that was on the planet trying to create like their new slave race um Who's to say that there wasn't multiple experiments that didn't work out before they got to humans or if they didn't try to create different things for different jobs? So, you know, they could have oh, mixed there was. Yeah, yeah. Their, their DNA with uh, something that could fly so that it could uh, bring messages across different areas. It could transport things faster. Um, they could create things that were intended to be like watchdogs. And that could have been like the the dogmen. You know, they could have been creating dogmen. They could have been creating... Um, like stronger beings so that they could uh, carry and move heavy things, which is where like the whole like Sasquatch kind of concept could come into with that. Um, and then they could have created humans off of the basis of trying to have something that's like maybe a little bit more theoretically um, smarter or not necessarily smarter, maybe, but more of like a problem solver type of creature. 
Um, and then they kind of just settled all within that. And then even kind of bringing it back into like a uh, like a biblical thing too. Um, you get into the whole like Nephilim and shit like that. And a lot of people like to associate uh, Sasquatch, all the hairy men, all that kind of stuff with like possible descendants of like Nephilim and stuff. So if you fall into that side, um, it kind of supports both theories, depending on which perspective you're coming from, that these people, these things existed and they could have been references to Nephilim or they could be cryptids that were created by the Anunnaki and yeah, there, there's a bunch of different ways of looking at it. And it's one of those things that no matter how deep you f- dig into it, you'll find correct answers on both sides. So I never feel like you'll really get to like the solid root of where everything came from or what everything is. Um, because just like anything, any culture that comes around is going to put their own spin and name on something. And we could be looking at something like it's 10 different things, but realistically, it's all the same thing with just different cultures, uh, names and perspectives on things. Yeah, that's correct. Um now, the the Sumerian story does talk about a lot of failed experiments. They do talk about that humans couldn't reproduce, so they had to go back and the geneticists had to make them produce. And there was more after the, I think it was after the um, Tower of Babel that they did another uh, upgrade in G- DNA technology. And and continuing on, uh, I think after the flood, I mean, if humans were really living as long as they say they were in the Bible up until the flood, then we're looking at either one of the two. We're looking at people who are not humans, which is possible hybrids like Nephilim, or we're looking at a type of human that they had to modify so they could only live to like 100 years old or, or less like we do today. One thing that one thing I, I like to turn people on to. I did a two-part show called Where Did Humans Come From? And I used some of the basis off the work of Lloyd Pye. Lloyd Pye is an author. He's been, he died in like 2013, but he put an excellent uh, presentation together. Well, he has a book called Everything You Know Is Wrong. But what he talks about, and he goes through a lot of, like he's, this guy's, uh, anthropologist and he's super super brilliant but he puts together the facts that we didn't evolve from apes and he shows how that sasquatch would have been the ones that the the anunnaki's bred with to create this human uh hybrid of some sort and although it sounds out there when you first hear about it but when you see how he got to the conclusion it's really good, and I recommend anyone check it out. It's called Everything You Know Is Wrong. It's a YouTube video. It's been around for a long time, and it makes a lot of sense when you think about creationism, which, you know, I believe in God, but I'm, I'm not one to quite believe the Adam and Eve story. I think there's a lot more to that. And then when you believe Darwinism, I think, you know, you look, there's there's no transitional fossils. So what are we really looking at here is we're looking at when you look at the third road, it's the Anunnaki story. And that story has been echoed throughout civilizations, not just the Sumerians. There's other, you know, um, there's Vedic traditions, there's there's Egyptians, there's um, probably in the Chinese culture as well. I don't know a lot about their ancient history, but it's just like there is something about humans that we don't fit in nature quite. So what are we, you know? Um, yes, we can live in nature like a lot of the indigenous cultures, but they, 
but still our skin gets burnt we have to we have to squint when we see the sun i mean so animals don't do that so you know we just don't fit into this world like other other beings on this planet we and we build different we we do crazy things and we destroy often the areas around us um we just don't fit in i mean looking into the sasquatch thing rather than looking at it as a lot of people like to see it as almost like a missing link theoretically uh what if it's not that at all and it kind of builds into kind of what you were saying that there's like uh almost like different versions to things like um it's not that we came from sasquatch it's not that we came from giants but they're different variations within the same same method it's almost almost like different phenomes you know what i mean like it's all within the same category, but these are the different variations. And then they're like, all right, this variation is too big. This variation is uh, not intelligent enough, and they're more like woods-based. So how about we go with this variation, where it's like all of us are related, but we're not related in a line. It's more of like a like a, like a a linear r- relation. You know what I mean? Like uh, mm-hmm. you wouldn't date back and get the other one, but we all came from the same place, and we're just different variation offshoots all branching from the same spot but none of them would like be the predecessor to the other one yeah yeah well it's that's very possible and i mean we so look at us as a species where we don't know our origins and we don't know where we came from and that spawns a lot of problems that spawns a lot of identity problems um and it allows controllers to take reality and make what they want us to believe it is rather than we don't have our true answers. So um, once, once you lose your coordinates like that, which we have as humans, we, we are kind of lost floating around and we're the problem with humans on this planet is we're programmable. And so we will believe whatever the leaders tell us because they've always been in charge. You know, they've never let their power go down. Um, They've never changed the power differential. So we're always in that place of not knowing. And then that place, we're definitely easy to be controlled with our our thoughts on how to, you know, how we where we came from, how to live on this planet and how, to, you know, we don't even know what freedom is. Most of us, because we again, we're born into a prison without the bars in this case, but or a, a full on prison when you think about, you know, ball and chain slavery back in the day or that still exists now. I mean, kind of expanding outward too. um, even the ones that are in control could theoretically be in some form of prison. Um, I often like to reference it more as like an organic simulation because I don't like using like the word like simulation, but uh, like we could be controlled within a system that's strictly our own system. And a lot of these things that we're seeing that uh, are like extraterrestrial, for example, Anunnaki could be things that are outside of this system. And just like going into virtual reality, you know, you put on a helmet and then you're in the system. You can be whatever character you choose to play as. So if there are controlling factors outside of the system, be it Anunnaki, be it whatever, um, they could essentially, if it works the same way as like virtual reality would work, they could project themselves into the system and be whatever the hell they want to be. So we could be looking at these phenomenon like there's, sasquatch like there's aliens like there's this like there's that but breaking it down they could all literally be different skins on the same type of force or entity that's outside of the system yeah and i mean it just seems like 
it the you know when people try to investigate the pyramid of this world like the control pyramid uh, the illuminati i don't ever use that word really but you know when people talk about like you know who's at the top of the pyramid it seems like there's never an end to somebody answering to somebody else too so it's like the as far as we know i mean we don't know who's at the very very top but it just seems like um everybody's just playing their role in um you know controlling this reality and answering from above and it's on a need to know basis so it seems like it it doesn't it wouldn't surprise me if that was reality you know that what you're talking about there and it and again it wouldn't surprise me if aliens did rule this world because when i look at how the governments treat humans they treat them like cattle and mm-hmm. that's not human that's not humane so what we're looking at people who are not at least connected to the human part of society they're not connected to love so they you know they've and and I mean, I know that there's satanic families and dark elites, but, you know, are they all that dark? Don't they have at least a little bit of a soul that would say, hey, you know, this isn't human. So there's something non-human that's being pushed through society. I mean, you know, the darker thing would be these shots that are going around and, you know, that people have gotten, you know, I mean, who would do that other than people with obviously no empathy, no love? So something is coming through and it even it even filters down to just the simple things we do see in our daily life. Like if you go to your state government building, how soulless is it? It's like you go into a courtroom, you just don't feel happiness or anything human about it. It's like this world wasn't it feels like it wasn't designed by humans almost, you know, in that way. But like it's intentionally meant to like repress people like. Yeah. I've had, I've talked to a lot of uh, UFO contactee experiencers, whatever you want to call them, and a lot of them will uh, make a reference to the fact that uh, they've been told by extraterrestrials that our world is more of like a, I guess the best way to say it is like a vault for like DNA, like a place to store DNA, which going into like that theory, that would completely make sense why there's all these experiences with uh, Aliens coming and basically saying not to mess with certain types of technology, like nuclear weapons, for example, is uh, because their their hope to not have shit destroyed is because they're storing DNA here. Like, I feel like, th- like even if you're looking at it from the basic premise of that, um, it would explain a lot of UFO phenomenon um, that we're, we're just like a stockpile. And it would also explain why there's such a vastness of different diversity within the planet. And there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense to coexist with each other. Like we we're talking about with humans and a lot of things that we do that don't really make sense or exist. Then you look at a, like a lot of sea life and they have a lot of abilities that also don't make any sense. Like it seems like our planet is a very weird spot where we have such a vast diversity of things that it would make sense that everything here wasn't naturally formed here. It was stuff thrown here and banked here. Yes. Well, I've had people on my show that, um, believe in a populated universe you know um and uh it, we're just it out does in the middle of nowhere <laughs> yeah that we're just like i mean it makes sense you can see this plainly like you don't have to dig in the deep ether of conspiracy and ufology for this really you can look at the elongated skull people the paraca skulls in peru brian forrester recently posted a video that he found an infant an unborn baby paracas skull i mean so obviously this is a different type of human and if it's and if that wasn't just the only thing i mean look at how many indigenous cultures have 
cave paintings of different crazy things like in Arizona and Utah, or you can go, you know, again, into the Sumerian stories. You can go into the, you can go into the, the, um, you know, you see all the hybrid looking things in the Egyptian culture on the walls too. It's, it's like we lived in, again, that world where we're talking about where there's just so many hybrids that um, something happened where they cleaned, quarantined the world off from the rest of this stuff. I don't like even saying that word, you know, <laughs> that, that word sucks, <laughs> quarantine. But, you know, it, it, and they just said, okay, just regular humans need to exist on this planet now, and let's see where they take things because um, everything else is just too much and interfering with it or whatever but yeah if we do live in a populated universe it wouldn't surprise me there's all this different dna on the planet i mean if you look at human races i mean uh everybody's very different if you if you put up a a man from china next to a man from uh cameroon they look completely different they're, they're both humans yes but they look totally different how did they evolve that different looking so th- th- there is a you know and then of course the the vast array of different animals on this planet. And like you said, sea life. I mean, there's so many things like octopus, for example, they, they, they don't know even where its origins came from. It's just its own being underwater and it can do some crazy, amazing things. So I think we do live in some kind of a populated universe. It just seems like that to me from the evidence that I've gathered over the years. I almost feel like they kind of see us as like, like they keep a watchful eye on us because they know that we're eventually going to catch up to where they're at, but they still see us as like the primitive ones right now where the rest of the universe may intermix and communicate with each other. But uh, they see us as just the ones that are just going to blow shit up. So they don't want to give us that opportunity to be involved with them or going into the latter of it. Um, we are already connected with all these things, but it's only specific people that are allowed and granted access to be able to go into this expanded universe. And the typical person, they don't want involved in that because, uh, you know, if, if you have all this advanced technology that's capable of doing all these crazy things, um, if a race is more advanced and understands all the negatives of it, so hence they're not going to do it because they know that it's going to destroy the universe, like leave it to a human that somebody's going to fuck around one day and, you know, <laughs> destroy something that is needed in the universe. Like they they probably just don't want to take that chance. So if they are letting humans be part of this expanded universe, I feel like uh, the ones that they are granting access to, they're watching very closely to make sure that they don't fuck anything up. Cause essentially, you know, imagine us like the children of the universe, you know, that they're like the parents and we're the kids that we're uh, walking around with a fork and they just got to keep an eye on us and make sure we don't stick it in the socket. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, they're not very good parents, though. Our controllers, they they hate us. And that's that's um, that's why we don't have the love in our society that we should, you know, and uh, our government hates us. And that's that's the problem is we have. And again, back to our lack of knowing our origin is they're not really looking out for us. They they're looking out for themselves. They tell us in their writings they want to, you know, exterminate us. And we're nearly we're just slightly above cattle to them. So that's a problem with um, the, our, um, you know, overlords is that they don't like us. So, and th- what kind of, what kind of kids does that create when parents don't like their kids? Well, I've seen it my whole life. You know, I grew up around ghetto kids and, 
you know, uh, not all of their parents didn't like him, but let's, you know, I've, I've seen what can happen. So it, and that kind of explains our society in a lot of ways. But it almost makes you wonder too about how beneficial everything could be if people were just open to the knowledge of what the universe holds. Like, yes, it may throw religion out of the window. Um, so maybe it is in fact in a matter of maybe these like parent creature, whatever you want to call them, do want us to know. But the people who are in the middle playing the middleman don't want the average person to know because they know that they're going to lose their power as soon as we become That's one it. with the expanded universe. So it may not even be our like parents, so to speak, that are keeping us from this shit. It's the middleman in between. It's like that older brother that's uh, you know, saying that your parents said something that they didn't really say just so that they can get you to do what they want you to do. That's it. Exactly. It's that. It, I'm sure of it. Um, because I think this world was created to where we can access these higher not only like this higher knowledge but us humans have abilities that we don't even know about because we can't access like you know our dna we only use three percent of it and ten percent of our brains and so i i think we're meant to do more on this planet but our our overlords or the middle people you could say you know look how much how much time they spend on trying to keep us from accessing these higher things, you know, how much fluoride they put in the water, how much chemicals they put in the food, water and air just to dumb us down. And well, the good thing about that, and this isn't my thinking, I forget where I've heard this from, but it's kind of like holding a ball underwater because um, eventually that's what they have to do with humanity to keep it down. They have to hold humanity there in order to keep it down. Otherwise, if you let go of that ball, it'll bounce right back up above the water again. And so that's what they're doing with us is they're, they're shutting us off from our greater expansion. But I think there are spirits, possibly aliens. I don't know, but there is something beyond that wants humans to reach to that potential. And I think we could get there if we could get out of this prison. And another way to think about it too, though, is that planet earth is a school for the hard knocks. We're here to learn life lessons. We're here to, you know, kind of like grow and it's not always easy. It's not always a fun time. And that's, and sometimes maybe this oppression is good for our souls to advance into whatever next world we live in. And this is just sort of a training ground for us to, you know, prove ourselves a proving ground. So maybe it's meant to be that way, but, um, you know, there's, there's several ways to look at that, but I, I'm just, I, I'm just spouting out, you know, I kind of lost my train of thought. Go, go for it. Shane. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I was going to say too, like, uh, who's to say that maybe going into the whole like jail prison concept that if there are extraterrestrial powers, there is things going on outside of our universe. Um, maybe in that universe, somebody fucks up, they do something bad. They do something illegal that they don't want them to do illegal by whatever views you want to have in that outside world. And uh, the the prison sentence is to be put into a physical vessel in this reality and not have any awareness of what happened before. So it's almost like uh, you don't know when the end's going to come. You don't realize you're in prison. So you're sucking in every moment thinking that this is it, not realizing yeah. that you're actually held within like a prison thing because you need to learn certain things in order to be accepted by the broader universe. You know, that could be it. I think it it could certainly be it. I mean, I I want, like I said at the beginning, I, I like to take people out of their mind control and out of the 
norm so they can maybe access these things and know that they're there. A lot of people just don't know that there is more to life. And and we we have been shut down in so many ways, but I don't think that's going to be around much longer, too. Um, as you can see, like we're in a stage here. Well, let's see, we're in the fifth world of the Mayans. We're in the fourth world of the the um, the Hopi. Uh, we're in the last pages of the Bible. We're in the um, Kali Yuga period here. So, um, and when we can transition, whatever whatever is after this is obviously going to be breaking the mold of what we're in right now so we're we're in this unique period and i I, as much as it can suck sometimes going through things like covid and going through this different oppression society um we they say we chose to be here our souls were meant to be here and because we chose to be here i think it must be an exciting time because there's so many people here on earth I mean, kind of expanding into this whole idea, too, that I'm kind of wondering, um, when it comes to a lot of extraterrestrials, people claim that they're very uh, emotionless. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if part of that is, like, at least as far as life goes, I feel like the way that you build yourself to be a stronger person is through bad experiences and through trauma, because that's how you're able to rebuild to become better. Because if everything in life was positive, then you'd have no reason to start back at square one and rebuild. Um, So maybe, again it's preparing us to be in that world because they want you to become strong-willed and almost like emotionless because once you go through the regular world and you see all the bullshit of the regular world, you go into stuff and you probably wouldn't be phased by things, you know, because, you know, I'm sure that uh, a lot a lot of extraterrestrial stuff, they talk about how they don't have like reproductive organs and things. Mm-hmm. So that being said, assumably, and again, this is just theory and me thinking in my own mind, like rape, for example, probably isn't like a thing in the extraterrestrial universe in the way that we see it. But after living in this human world and seeing how dark things can get as far as even just in that spectrum, um, it's like you go into the broader spectrum of the universe and you wouldn't be phased by nearly as much. So maybe it's like preparing you to go into the expanded universe because once you've seen the worst, everything else is just, eh. <laughs> yeah, well. I, I think those what you're referring to is the the grays and if they're real I mean I feel like they have some there must be something real about it enough people have seen them but I've never seen any and I don't want to really because they look evil to me but I'm thinking that you know that's one faction of many and then you have these positive factions you know these these um nordics that supposedly are good you know and look i don't know i i've never been there i've never seen any of these beings and but i feel like there is um that side of things where they are emotionless um mainly these grays and and who knows maybe they were a, a species that that experimented on themselves so much until they became what they look like you know and they're kind of doing that with society now as they are trying to make everybody trans this and trans that, you know, transgender is just precursor to transhumanism. And maybe they're trying to drive people toward that sort of like one sex, one neutral, just robotic kind of human. And, you know, I don't think you can do that with humanity though. I feel like humanity will will not allow that eventually. I mean, yes, 
some of them will do that, but people like you and me and the truth community and people out there, the, the podcast community that are thinking out there, I don't think that we're going to be allowing that to happen to us. So, and I'm sure the more that we get closer to that kind of world, the more people will not allow that to happen once they realize what it is. I mean, even like, just think about the, the method of control you'd be giving people if you're pushing into that society, because at that point you couldn't reproduce without essentially like government permission, you know, like you'd have to have like a scientist, like somebody that has the means of creating another person in order to create a person. And in turn, by doing that, um, you have to be the best citizen you possibly can. Otherwise, you're not allowed to have kids. Like, you're, you're just pushing yourself farther into a slave race by sterilizing yourself because then you can't expand and continue on human um, in your form. It would be strictly by whatever the person that's creating human at that point's perspective and what they want human to be. Yeah. I mean, well, they're... They're trying to do this, but um, again, I I don't see them. I don't see them doing it. I I can't see. Well, okay. So the a lot of people have gotten these shots, and I've been on a roundtable recently. I've been talking to people like Charlie Robinson and a few other people in the community, and you know, I mean, it doesn't look good. But the theory of thought is that the people that got these shots, they might not be able to reproduce, and then their kids that were born like in pregnant women that got the shot will not even be able to uh, have a gender or even like go through puberty or something. You know, that that's a very possible scenario in this crazy world that's hur hurtling toward us. So um, it certainly doesn't look good that way. Um, but um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just happy that, I'm just happy that most people I know that are into this did not get that. So uh, that's something that's I don't want to go too negative into that because I've been talking about it way too much lately. But it certainly is something kind of looming in our on our background that it could that could happen, that people would actually have to have permission to have a child. And, you know, um, and and then and then you have even less freedom in the world. So that that's no good. And I I hope that collapses as soon as it can. I mean, I feel like it's one of those things that it's never going to fully take control in the aspect of when we get too far in that direction, I think that we're going to have fractions in society where there's going to be the people who are all pro transhumanism. Uh, they want to be one with technology and they're going to live in like smart cities. And then the rest of people are going to want to break away from that and they're going to go more back to the natural community based life. So I think it's going to be a matter of in the future that there's going to be these like vast open areas where there's just societies hidden within that. And then there's going to be like the mega cities, which is like where the standard of society lives in. And the people that live in that community are going to look at people outside of that, like they're primitive, like they're not advanced. Um, and it's going to be this whole like mind wash thing that like, those are the bad people, but realistically, like those are going to be the people who are bringing things back to the roots on how they're supposed to be. And uh, hopefully one day it'll resort in a thing where everybody can uh, kind of go back to the natural way of being, but I don't fully see that. But I think that there's always going to be this this like fraction of people that want to bring it back and people that want to progress into the future. Well, even the World Economic Forum says that. They say that the, there's going to be, by 2030, two factions of people, the ones that want to be 
in these smart cities and outlying communities that don't want to be in them. So even they're saying that and they're trying to plan our future. So I, I wouldn't doubt it. But, um, you know, I, I was saying earlier about civilization as a whole and how everybody's kind of under mind control. And it's true. But the, the one thing that I've, I've focused on the past on my show, who isn't under mind control, are the people that have lived off nature for thousands of years unchanged. And there's very few uncontacted tribes in the world, but the hunter-gatherers that have lived like the same for thousands of years, they never had all these problems that we had. I'm not saying we need to go back to living primitive and wearing loincloths and all that, but I am saying that, that if you look at a human without mind control without um control controlling people above them that's what humans do when left up to their own devices yeah because we're smart creatures we're problem solvers we're going to figure shit out and then we're going to have our method and we're going to run off of that um the problem is when people stop thinking for themselves and they start expecting something above them to think for them and then that's where you get into where society is now where people have lost their connection with, again, being able to figure things out for themselves and creating their own culture. And instead, they're being pushed into a culture that's being created for them rather than them creating it themselves. Yeah, the trance is deep. And it's hard to see it when we're born into the condition that we are that we are in. And a lot of it has to do with being in th- thrown in front of a TV at a young age. I mean, I did. and and, and Or these days, just having a screen wherever you go. If you look at the journey of how humanity was crafted to live in this world, they were they were you know these these they these people were busy from day one trying to lock us in. Busy at the Tavistock Institute, the Frankfurt School, you know, did experiments like the Milgram experiment or Pavlov and his animal torture, and proved that they can manipulate the crowd mind. And th- and then you have people like Edward Bernays, the father of propaganda, nephew of um. Sigmund Freud, I think it was. Yeah. To to master the crowd mind by the time they install the TV in everyone's living room. And they, they have the owner's manual on human behavior. And they know what makes us tick to levels we don't even think about. They 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 get people through subtleties of weaponized media. And the idea is we got to get out of well, we t- turn the TV off. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's little things like an ideology in a show or advice in a magazine or an opinion on a news show or your friends on Facebook who are clueless say this. A little bit here, a little bit there has built these false identities and these false ideologies that until we've basically ingested the wrong thought patterns and the wrong mo- morality in our world. You know, I just, there was a, I was, where was I? I was, I was watching it. Uh, a show the other night and it has ads and there was this stupid ad and the the person said hashtag sorry but not sorry you know it was like <laughs> well what kind of a what kind of a mentality is that bringing out there that's like that's like you know there's just like no manners even in the world anymore so um i forget where i was even going with this but it's even small things like that that get people. And if they can't get you with politics, then they can get you with organized religion. And a lot of people are taken by both, as you can see. And if they can't get you with religion, they'll get you with the new age. And I don't hate religion. I, I don't that there are truths in it. I, same with new age. But, but it, when you have 
the weaponization of these things, then you you get truth mixed with lies, and they want you to have some belief system or another. That's what they want. They and, and ideologies that prevent you from finding truth and living authentic and being bound by ideologies that make it hard for us to be good, rational, sharp-minded, open-minded people. They 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 know they can bring us into these um these flicker rates that they, they've induced you know it takes like 12 seconds for a person to slip into alpha state when you watch tv so it's it's even us who who know better can easily get involved in this and they know the human mind they they get us through everything so what we have to do to get out of mind control i think is we have to get back to our roots because um you know it's it's the contrast on not on what not to be, you know, that, that like I was saying in the beginning, learning about the dark side helps you learn about the good. It helps you learn about the good. And sometimes we need to see the negative to understand the positive. And that's called apophatic inquiry or negative theology. When you, when you look it, you know, you, we need to see the bad so we can see the good and then separate from the bad. It's like seeing with the heart and what are the ways that they don't get you? That's what we got to do. First, we have to shut off all those sources of brainwash. And that includes people in your life who are doing you no good. And then get on the path of your own journey. And and that's one of my solutions always is the journey is absolutely essential to go on your path. Um, and how, how many people are afraid to be alone? You know, you get people that are uh, afraid to go alone and and go from relationship to relationship and they ne never develop that side of themselves there's so much that we can do to break that and one another thing that i always like to bring up too is creativity and imagination that's that's the way that we can write our own script in this world it's going back to that childlike play you know so um those are things that i always like to say to get away from the control mechanisms is to get back into, you know, who you are and get into creativity, imagination, um, and, and synchronicity and the universe that speaks to you, you know, and how you can alter your own path and you can find yourself in your callings. That's how we get somewhere in this life, not letting them control us and letting them tell us what to do and show us, reality so i think reality can be broken we can break this and become whatever we want to be yeah it's just a matter of uh getting the average person like you were saying to separate themselves from it which is like an impossible thing because again the way that things are set up unless somebody is even if you're fully aware it's like they ha they do things intentionally on a psychological level that pulls you back in that's why you know tiktok videos or little short videos. It's because it's like you watch one and it's like you have an interest, but it wasn't fully fed within that short amount of time for that video. So then you scroll to the next one, you scroll to the next one. It's like this endless mind trick that it's like your brain is clearly trying to fill a hole and you don't quite know what it is, but some people on the outside know what it is. So they keep uh, making you think that you're filling that hole, but realistically you're not filling it with what it actually needs to be filled with, you know? Like even with like TV shit like that, um, it's just like people are people are drawn to it because they know that there's something that isn't right, that there's a hole and they're trying to fill it. And it's just it's, you know, not doing it, you know, like uh, 
they create these like fantasy worlds, things like that, because people need something to gravitate towards that. Uh, Cause they, they just, they want something totally different as far as society goes. Like they know that exactly how we are, isn't how things are supposed to be, which is why people gravitate towards the fantasy is because they love the concept and the idea of being able to think outside of the box but they don't know how to do it themselves. So they rely on these fantasy worlds to do it for them. And like you were saying, the only way that we're going to get that power back is if like we learn how to be more creative, like we were intended to be. And we create, I don't want to say our own fantasy worlds, but we learn how to create our own things again, because then at that point it'll start filling in that, uh, that void that's missing. That's again, I think all comes back to just like humans are, problem solvers and exploring creatures and we don't have the opportunity to do that typically in the world that we're in anymore yeah and they shut down the artists so much in our society you know i mean if you want to make it in hollywood or as a musician you have to basically well actually literally sell your soul and so like i've tried to make it with my artist stuff it's it's hard because you know you they shut down that side they did you know they don't let you get far with that so we have to you know, regardless if you get paid for it or not, get in touch with that side of us to, you know, now not create a fantasy world, but to create a world that we can, we can um, feel like we're in touch with creation itself. And that's, that's what starts to make a new path in this life instead of just being told what to do. I mean, um, I mean, they've also separated art from the message too, where when it comes to modern art, I don't want to say modern art, but like art that's accepted. Um, it's separating it. Like it, it has to be by like their rules. Like this is the way that it needs to be. Um, they don't want you to expand into uh, getting a message across anymore. That's why you see all these like woke rappers, different uh, people that are talking about all these types of things that we're talking about, how they get repressed down. And the people that are creating a message that doesn't mean anything are the ones that get pushed to the forefront is because art itself has lost that touch that the intention of art is to get a point across and to make a message. Um, It's not just all about just for the sake of entertainment, because realistically, like we're looking at all these old cave paintings, all these different things, and it's a form of art, but it was intended again to get a message across, to have something go through the centuries to say what it was like, the things they saw back then. Um, It wasn't so much like it is now where people are just creating things um, without any any real meaning behind it, you know. Yeah, it's true. It's and it's been that thing that you you can barely do in your life because well, you have to survive to make a living. I I um I ran across this quote. I've been trying to find it half the show, and I found it. But um, it's it's uh let's see, it's Carl Jung, and it says it's about the crowd mind, and it it shows you how easily people can be controlled if people crowd together and form a mob then the dynamisms of the collective man are let loose beasts or demons that lie dormant uh, in every person till he is part of a mob man in the mass sinks unconsciously to an inferior moral and intellectual level to that level which is always there below the threshold of consciousness ready to break forth as soon as it is activated by the formation of a mass so the crowd mind is is what these people have been relying on i remember um right before um when covid happened I was thinking like, I was like, how did, how did they, 
I was astounded that much of much of the world went along with it. I wondered, like, where's all the tough guys? Why are the, you know the tough guys are standing six feet apart, wearing a diaper on their face, you know? And it's like, well, they know how to work the crowd mind, and it and it comes through, you know, subtleties too. Like I was saying before, like the, if you ever watch the news, there's blue in the background. That's a calming thing. I mean, these people know how our mind works so much that. If you have two pendulum clocks in the same room, they eventually sync up, just like um, women menstrual cycles sync up if they live together. They know the playbook to society. So what we have to do is recreate our our lives um, outside of the system. And I think that's how we win. And it sounds like kind of a crappier answer to all the problems we have. But the thing is, is we are... Um, more powerful than we think when we start to get on our own paths. And one thing I always like to put in there as a good um, remedy to our problems is make a manifestation collage. Uh, I don't know if you've ever done that, but you just cut out things that you want to happen and you paste them on a board and you put it in your room. And it's almost scary how much you can manipulate your life into these things happening they just start happening for you so if we have that power and the crowd mind can be negative we can also do positive things with the crowd mind just like like um you know the opposite of that quote i just read see when it comes to the hive mind thing one thing that i've wondered is are people naturally intended to be like a crowd or like a hive mind or is it just a matter of people being ill-informed so they don't know how to form their own opinion? Like, I feel like people blindly follow the crowd because they personally don't know what to do themselves, so they don't want to be wrong, so they just follow everything that everybody does. But if people in general knew more things, were more informed, um, then they wouldn't be following that crowd mentality because they'd be able to formulate their own decisions. So, I don't know, I like to, I like to guess the latter. I like to hope that people aren't naturally a crowd mentality it's just uh yeah that people people just don't have enough of their own information so they just follow the crowd because they don't want to be wrong <laughs> well i i don't know and then there's the other side of things like i mean i think we're kind of meant to live in tribes and families and stuff and in that case the crowd mind is just innocent but when you have manipulators that know how to manipulate it that's when the crowd mind becomes wrong because i think naturally people like most people are good people and naturally people just want to do what's right. Unfortunately, they've been shown to do what's right rather than uh, they've been being ruled and manipulated by manipulators. So I guess if we were left to our own devices again, would we be part of a hive mind of a family and community that all kind of thought alike? I think possibly we would be, but we would also hopefully i would think recognize the individual and i don't think that um tribes and things like place uh groups like that were nearly as collectivist as any society that we live in civilization so it's a lot more innocent when it's in its in in the tribe form as long as it's not like the negative side of tribal life like cannibalism and tribal wars you know I think people are naturally, though, intended to live in smaller groups, though, because I feel like half yeah. the problem is that we're trying to have everybody be part of the same group. And no matter what happens in the world, like people are always going to have opposing views. So, like, sure. I'm not 
I don't want to say everybody needs to be separated exactly, but I think that people in general would be happier if there was more of an ability for people to uh, live within a society that shares the same beliefs as them. Like it would almost be like theoretically better in a sense if there wasn't like a like a federal government, if it was more like state based. I mean, that still isn't small enough, but just even if you're dealing with something that was statewide, like I feel like you would be able to adapt society more to individual groups of people's views way better. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it, it's it's just a matter of time before people catch on to these things and they try to go back into these smaller groups. But then like on the other side of the spectrum, I think that the government knows the power within those smaller groups, because then you go back to like 60s, 70s, when uh, all the cult stuff was going on. Um, originally, it started off as like hippie collectives, different things where people were trying to form little communities and try to fend for themselves. And through MK Ultra, all that awesome stuff that the government does, they demonized that and made any small community look like cult instead. So the average person will look at a small group that's trying to live off grid and more often than not, they're going to look at them more as like a cult group than a breakaway society or like a standalone society. Yeah, I I think you're right. I, I think that goes back to civilization again. I don't think humans were meant to live in civilization. I don't think they were meant to live on top of each other everywhere and and just in the and of course work every day and do that. So we're we're looking at manipulated humanity wherever we look at civilization. So I, I think smaller groups and there is more there's a big lie that you know we're running out of land in the world and that you know there's so many people and it's you know everybody's using up yes we're we're living the wrong way i agree but we're not living on the land really we're all crowded in these cities so of course we're gonna think everything's overcrowded but if smaller groups had more space on the planet to live more naturally i think it would be at least a lot better of a world than everybody on top of each other. And, you know, and possibly, you know, technology could be used for its good purpose, but certainly a lot of technology also kind of takes us away from our earth roots too. So we have to kind of watch how it's being used too. But I, I yeah, I, again, I, I agree with you. I think that it, it is comes down to people living in smaller communities and less crowded you know, um, congested world that we live in, especially in these big cities. I mean, I feel like people would even be more passionate about their work, so to speak, um, if it was in smaller communities, because I mean, naturally, I feel like people are intended to work because that's the only way that we're ever going to progress as small communities or society in general. Um, it's just that it's taken the personal touch out of it where somebody goes into a work, they're making parts for something, for example, but they don't know who these parts are going to. So it loses yeah. that like personal touch where if you're going into small communities and you had like a blacksmith, for example, like they're going to be more passionate about their work if they know who, exactly. the, who it's going to and they care about the person that it's going to versus you making something and it getting shipped halfway across the world. Like people lose that that passion to want to work because they don't feel fulfilled with their work. Where back in the day when people were fending for themselves to stay alive and they were fending to help their community stay alive, they, they just felt more passion and they got a lot more, um, they, they, they just felt more fulfilled from their work. Like it wasn't like a mindless, numbing, endless bit of work. Like it was work that they enjoyed doing because it had that personal touch to it still. Yeah, I agree. 
I, I think so. I think that, um, I think that we lost why we work. And even if we were not working jobs, so to speak, we would be hunting and hunting and gathering and that's work too. Uh, but we would be, we would be attached. It would, it would satisfy our natural instincts. It wouldn't be just like us going to do something compartmentalized and not being related to what we're doing and just getting a paycheck. And I think that's where a lot of depression comes in too, because people just do this monotonous task that has nothing to do with who they are and what they are. And that's where we lose a lot of humanity too. I mean, you just kind of have more respect for the world as a whole in that method too. Cause even when it comes to like hunting and gathering, like everybody eats meat, of course, nobody knows where their meat comes from. So they lose that connection with the meat. But like if you were a hunter and you killed something and you watched it die, it has, again, that personal touch to it where you understand what you're doing. You know how you got your food. Um, you understand that you had to take a life to get that food. So it's like in turn, you respect things around you more because it, it, going back to it, it has that personal touch to it because you, yep. you're not, you know, get just getting a piece of meat and not having any idea where it came from, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, Shane, I should probably wrap this up because it's getting late over here. Yeah, I was going to say it's starting to get dark over there. Um, yeah. Before you uh, get going, I always like to do, before we get to you know where everybody can find you and everything, uh, words of wisdom from the guest to the listeners. So if there was any words of wisdom you could bestow on the listeners, what would it be? Well, let's see. I would just say that we. I mentioned how we're heading towards some uncertain times, possibly dark times. And it can be scary to look into some of the information that I look into on my show. Um, although I like to give people variety one day, I'll talk about some serious stuff going on like the shot or something. And the next day I'll talk about ancient history. But the thing is, is we are hurtling towards some, you know, some scary upheavals in our in our life and as long as we've been alive everything's every day is the same as yesterday but that could change at any time but what we're here for is we're here to grow and expand and we were like i said before we're cho we chose to be here and if we chose to be here and, and you know the knowledge of all this stuff hurtling toward us then you were meant to know it and if you were meant to know it then you're going to be able to get through it. And you're here for an exciting time on Earth. So when I go over dark stuff, which I have mentioned somewhat in this show, we've had a mixed bag of goods, good and bad and all that, but that's um, not to leave people in a negative space because there's so much to be thankful for that we have, we have pretty good lives still. And we should always really just look at everyday as a blessing, even if there is negative stuff in it, because we're going to still um, find a way. And so I don't want anybody ever to be discouraged by the conspiracy info that I bring sometimes, because sometimes I look at gloom and doom. I want people to also get a dose of the light too. And I think that's been this talk. We've been talking kind of back and forth, batting around about all those different things and aliens and in between, you know, life is a, is, is alive and there's a lot in it. And, it's good, bad, and ugly, but it's all it's all it's all love in the end. And so um I think that we're meant to know this information so we don't just do the same crowd mind, thoughtless hive mind 
world that the rest of the people live in. So if you're listening to this show, I think you're already there or getting there. So um, congratulations. You've already snapped out of uh, the matrix, so to speak, to to take on more uh, complex and amazing uh, ride of life that that is worth taking the ride for. I've been on this ride for 23 years of knowing what's going on on the planet and exploring all these different fringe topics. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't want to go back to sleep and I wouldn't want to go back to knowing nothing. So it's all good. And I, I think just trust the process. No, I definitely agree. I, uh, I'm one of those people that I try to, you take something negative and you turn it into something positive. Like uh, if somebody takes a shit on you, uh, over something you're doing, you use that as motivation to do it better. So it kind of has to be the same as far as like conspiracies and spreading truth that there may be a lot of negative, but you have to use it as a positive in order to build on to something better. Because if you just doom and gloom it, all you're going to give back in return is doom and gloom. But if you take something that's negative and you look at ways to get around it to make things better, you can use it as a positive thing to, to make something positive. But I mean, that's at least how I view it. But, uh, Anybody that's uh, enjoyed the conversation too, uh, also let them know where to come and find you at. Yeah, well, uh, my website is chantitdownradio.com, and there you can find all the shows I've done. Um, I have, at the moment, 214 episodes of Chant It Down, uh, nine and a half years of material. I don't do this for a living. It's a thing I do on the side, and it's just me. I have no help. So, you know, I don't have a lot for nine and a half years, but a lot of good stuff you can check out. I also have a YouTube channel, Truth Filled Trajectory, um, where there's some stuff on there. I don't put a lot on there. Uh, A lot of stuff's been kicked off there, but you can check it out. And you can check me out on Instagram, which is Chan It Down, Telegram, Chan It Down. And, um, you know, I I probably have other accounts I'm forgetting about, but those are the main things that I, uh, where you can find me. And um, check out all the material. I'm doing a documentary about our ancient world. I don't know when that's going to be finished, but that'll be something to add to the table. And thanks for having me on, Shane. I appreciate it once again. Always a pleasure, man. Trust me. And uh, like I said, hopefully this time the audio will be a lot better. And uh, we could go on for forever, man. You're more than welcome to come on the show whenever you want. And I'm looking forward to the next time you come on to the show. Well, I'll be seeing you on my show in a short while. Very true. (laughs) All right. And with that, if anybody wants to be a guest on the show, if anybody is interested in sponsoring the show, if anybody has a topic that they would like to hear talked about on the show or a guest that they would like to see on the show, um, or just in general, if there's anything that you feel you can contribute to the show, I'm always more than happy to hear and see and talk about it with you. Um, So don't be afraid to shoot me a message. Um, You can either email me or message me on Instagram. Like I said, that seems to be the one that I'm uh, the most active on. But uh, if you wanted to send an email, uh, it's inquiries of our reality podcast at outlook.com. And for all the other links, if you want to come check it out, um, I'll drop it again at the end of the show. But it's also going to be down in the description. It's uh, L-A-N-K-T-R period E-E slash inquiries of our reality podcast. And if you're trying to check out Open Minds Media, which is the umbrella for all of the stuff that I do, uh, L-A-N-K-T-R period E-E slash open underscore minds underscore media. And with that... Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.